0: Welcome to the Dental Code Advisor podcast, hosted by Practice Boosters coding experts, Dr. Charles Blair and Dr. Greg Grobmeyer. Interpretations of the CDT codes represent the opinions of our experts. For the latest CDT codes and official interpretations, contact the American Dental Association or visit ADA.org. You are responsible for your own use of the CDT codes. Tune in now for timely information regarding dental coding. Hello again, and welcome to the Dental Code Advisor podcast. I'm Dr. Greg Grobmeier, your host today. Last time on the Dental Code Advisor podcast, we had our CEO, Penny Reed, in here talking about the situation with PPOs and whether you should be a part of one or whether you should be thinking about getting yourself out of one. We wanted to, to absolutely make the point that PPOs are a tool. They're not the enemy. Insurance is not the enemy. It's a. This is a marketing tool. It's a way to get patients in your practice. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you don't. You have to balance that. And we're going to continue that conversation about how to make the most out of that PPO relationship today, we've got a wonderful new friend that I've made, Christy Bilquist, and she's just full of incredible information. I'm so excited to talk to you today. She works with Unitus; They are very well known. They're under the shine umbrella, but they are their own company and they do their thing with PPO negotiations and a lot of other things that we'll get into. And so people really think of you, Christy, as being PPO negotiations, but that's not always attack you're taking, right? Christy is the Director of Operations at Unitas. She's been working for 15 years, or she worked for 15 years with a National Insurance Company on fraud investigations. But she's been with Unitas since 2012 and has become an industry expert. She's instrumental in Unitas' growth and providing PPO negotiation, optimization, and credentialing services to thousands of dental practices across the country. She's spoken at all kinds of meetings and conferences all over. We're just really happy to have her here with us today. So thank you, Christy. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks, Greg. I'm so happy to be here and excited to talk about PPOs and what uh, information we can impart to your listeners. It's a great podcast, so I'm happy to be here.
0: Just disclaimer, we are kind of under the same umbrella. We're about three steps down from some shine ownership, both of us, so we are kind of umbrellaed. And we're talking about umbrellas of a different type today, uh, part of our discussion. But I do want to mention and kind of disclaimer that this is a snapshot of early 2022. This is not information that may be applicable at a different time. So this is a point in time. And we're going to be talking about the current environment of the PPO situation and what's working best for practices to be able to maximize what they're getting reimbursed from PPOs.
1: That's right. And thanks for pointing that out because we're at about a year and a half after coming back from the COVID shutdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. So it's good to just kind of take a look and see what we thought was going to be the situation coming out of that and and what it actually is. We had the initial confusion coming back of charging for PPE and how was that going to be covered? And that was super confusing and frustrating. And then we've All experienced, you know, inflation and staffing issues and increased patient cancellation because people are being more careful about not coming in if they're not feeling good. And that's all resulting in rising costs. And I think a lot of dentists are translating that to well, then surely the insurance companies are going to acknowledge, especially, you know, over the past year and a half. These changes to dentistry that COVID has created. However, the reality is what we're seeing is some PPOs are actually lowering their fee schedules or sunsetting certain fee schedules. And what that means is you might have this fee schedule at one location, but if a provider wants to add that fee schedule to a new location that she's buying or he's building or something like that, then they're not being allowed to carry those higher fee schedules over.
0: Yeah. Those things like Delta Premier and things like that. I've got a friend who ended up buying into a practice and they did all this practice evaluation about what they expected to make and they weren't thinking about it. So they were based. this was buying a parent's practice. Mm. So they were absolutely thinking they were going to have the same environment as what their mom and dad's practice was going to be, but they were not grandfathered in. They took that away. And so the reimbursement, All the numbers had to go and be changed. And that's not something a lot of people think about.
1: Right. And that brings up a really good point, too, in the Delta PPO and premier participation of not necessarily being able to maintain that status. Even if a dentist is premier only and you move across the street, they might make you create a new contract and then therefore you lose that premier only status. And just like you said, when buying a practice, that's definitely something to be aware of is if they're a premier only practice, if you're in a state where you're allowed to be premier only, or if they've changed the contract since and you have to accept PPO, because that does make a big difference in your revenue for sure.
0: Just any little changes, like you said, a dress change, that would be devastating to a practice who's not realizing that. And they just move from one location into a new building and they lose that premier status. And yep, that's a huge hit. Yeah, You're not adversarial with PPOs. You try to stay very positive and you're trying to figure out how best to help your clients maximize their reimbursement.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We worked really hard to have those positive relationships with our reps. And we recognize that they're doing a job just like we are and they're typically not the ones making the big decisions at the top. So we have really great relationships. We try to be ethical, follow whatever guidelines they set up for us. And we found that to be very good. And we have some really great contacts and working relationships with the insurance company. So that's really important.
0: Absolutely. But this particular environment that you're in, Now, from our conversation leading up to this, again, I came in thinking we were going to talk about PPO negotiations because that seemed to be the buzzword. That's the thing. Let's negotiate this. Let's get higher reimbursement. Yada, yada, yada. But in this particular climate, you're saying that may not be the best tool right now.
1: Well, it certainly is a tool. We're just seeing some unpredictability in this kind of swinging pendulum of insurances that are willing to negotiate and companies that have had a history of not negotiating. I've been doing this for 10 years, and it just seems like some years they're willing to do what it takes to keep providers and be fair in giving increases. And then at other times, they're trying to reduce their costs. They're a business. They're trying to sell policies in a Mm -hmm. competitive market. So we're seeing, again, where some companies that have had a history of negotiating are either saying no or they're short-staffed too. So they're taking four to five months to respond to a request to have their fees reviewed. And so it's frustrating a lot of providers because... Like I said, we're actually seeing fee schedules get lowered. It's one thing for them to say, we're just not negotiating right now, which has always been, always been a thing where we see this more towards the end of the year sometimes, where they say, everything's on hold. We're focusing on open enrollment, we're out of money, whatever. We'll come back to us in January. So that's not a new thing for them to sometimes pause negotiations. But what we are seeing, It was occurring a little bit before COVID, but even I think what's angering a lot of providers coming out of COVID is costs are up, frustrations are high. And then to have Cigna, for example, come in and lower their fee schedule that wasn't a rock star fee schedule in the first place is really frustrating because then it kind of shadows all of your insurance participation of, I'm frustrated. I don't feel like I have control over this. And how can they do that when this is my cost and it's going up and we can't change that, the cost of supplies or what we need to pay staff. And so we are just seeing a tough negotiation market right now when it comes to direct contracts.
0: I see a lot of people in these dental forums that I'm on and things that they're posting photos of the letter that they got from Cigna or the letter they got from Delta. And it's a new thing that people really have not seen before. And so what options do practices really have? What's the best tactics that they should be taking at this point in time?
1: Well, certainly the knee-jerk reaction sometimes is, I'm just going to go out of network then. And that's a whole other conversation, but it's definitely worth some thought.
0: We're going to have a podcast about that. You and I will sit down and talk about that because that's a huge one. So many people are wanting to go out of network, but there's a specific way to do it. And there's a good way to decide which one and make sure that if you're going out of network and you're still in network with somebody else under the same umbrella, you're not really going out of network. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about, but we'll save that. Talking about those umbrellas. I know that optimization is a thing that you guys really are focusing in on right now.
1: Right. I think most people are pretty familiar with third-party leasing, but just to do a quick overview, sometimes when you sign an insurance contract, let's say you sign a contract with Aetna, you may not realize that if you're out of network with Sun Life or Principal or Emeritus or Guardian, that they're gonna be sending your information to those PPOs, and the fee schedule. And if they don't already have you in network, they can add you in network under that Aetna contract under those Aetna fees. So it happens between PPOs and some are reciprocal and some are just one way. And then we have PPO umbrellas. And so you know those as Dentamax, Carrington, Zealous, Premier Dental Group, Connection. Their job is just to contract dentists on a fee schedule and lease them out. Some of them do have a small insurance component, patient component, but for the most part, you just want to think of them as a broker kind of. They're contracting a dentist to then lease them out to other insurance companies that can't get that doctor on a direct contract.
0: Some dentists may not even be aware of all the plans that they are actually participating with.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so what it boils down to is because we have so many of these relationships and they come and they go, what happens is that creates options for providers for how you are participating in network. So of course, this is all set up for them to access as many providers as they can and at repriced claims, a discount. So a lot of times if people aren't paying attention, you can be pulled into a lower paying fee and there are options. So while you might be really frustrated with your reimbursement from insurance XYZ, it could be that because that's getting paid under a low option that you have a contract with and can be moved to something else or like we'll talk about later, maybe out of network is the best option. So essentially, without getting too complicated, the bottom line is with a lot of PPOs outside of Delta, there are multiple ways that providers can be in network. That's what we step in and do. We help with certainly negotiations where that makes sense and that's available. And that's pretty basic anymore. And it doesn't require like this huge email to the insurance company saying, we care about our patients and we need that. They don't care about that. I mean, they do care that you're a good dentist, but they're not looking for some big pitch for you to ask for an increase, you're either eligible or you're not, is basically how it works. So negotiations is pretty straightforward. It's not where dentists have to feel like they have to come in and make an argument. There are some insurance companies that appreciate that from the dentist, but at the end of the day, most negotiations are based on with direct contracts, are you eligible? And if so, okay, here's the next higher up fee schedule.
0: You know, when you're talking about optimization, really what you're talking about is figuring out which one of these carriers you have a direct contract with and making sure that it's the right one that pays the highest fee schedule that keeps you in the umbrella for those other ones as well.
1: Exactly. And so this is where we come in because they've made it really hard for Single practice, single doc or a couple locations to navigate this because a lot of times they don't even understand the big picture on their end. They just see it from, well, I sent that information to XYZ insurance company. I don't know why you're not getting added or you get a sheet of all the PPOs that might fall under Denimax, for example. But what they don't clarify is, well, okay, that's most MetLife patients, but not all. So which ones does it include and which ones? does it not include? So offices trying to do this on their own, it's really, really difficult. So like I was saying, the negotiations is pretty straightforward. So if that's really all you're looking for, that's pretty straightforward. But using someone like us for optimization is really where you can make a difference in your PPO participation right now. Like I said, that pendulum swings. But right now, with PPO's lowering fee schedules, And so many networking relationships going on, it's a really good time to think about optimizing. If you're going to stay in network, maybe find that highest option that you can be in network with. And somebody like us can help navigate where if you have seven different options for Emeritus, for example, because they lease from so many PPOs and umbrellas, then we need to block the ones we don't want to steer it to the one that we do want. So, And we're aware of all those relationships. And when new ones get added or certain ones end, that all of a sudden it's like either you're out of network or you're moved to something even lower, then we can help navigate through all that.
0: That's tremendous as far as what you're actually getting reimbursed in the end. This is a service that you guys offer that absolutely the ROI is worth it, in my opinion what you guys are costing versus the returns that you're getting. It's a no brainer to me to be able to participate and have help doing this because this is a complex process. Most general dentists are just people out there boots on the ground. They're not understanding all the ins and outs of all the networks and their relationships and their fee schedules and who pays better for this versus that. And you guys know this stuff. You're the specialist. We're referring this out. So this is something that you guys can really help out with. So what all should providers be doing right now? If they're getting these letters in the mail that we're going to have to cut you by 25%, what can providers do to help themselves out?
1: Well, number one, I would say fight back. We saw this with Aetna a few years ago when they were sending letters out, lowering fee schedules and offering sort of this cash out to providers based on their production. And basically we're saying, here's a cash out, here's your new lower fee schedule. If you don't accept it, then we're going to lower it and you don't get the cash out anyway. So we encouraged our practices to fight back from that and say, no, we want to keep the fee schedule that we're on. So we saw some varied responses. We saw some where my dentist in particular, was able to keep his fee schedule. So that was a win. We had some where Aetna's response was, okay, you can keep it, but you're on Aetna Elite, which leaves you out of network for a lot of Aetna patients and just as a certain group of Aetna patients that you can keep on that fee schedule. And some, they were told, sorry, take it or leave it. But at the end of the day. If you just take it.
0: It's worth fighting. It's worth trying.
1: Right, exactly. You
0: may or may not win, but it's worth fighting the fight.
1: And we want you to push back. We want dentists to say, we are unhappy about this. This doesn't cover our costs. Like I said, results in you keeping that fee schedule or keeping it for a certain patient base. That's what's going on with Cigna too. You know, Cigna has the two plan levels, Advantage and DPPO. So people that are pushing back, then sometimes Cigna is letting them keep it that's more rare. Sometimes they're saying, okay, but you can only be DPPO. You're out of network for advantage. And other times it's just, sorry, this is your new fee schedule. I can't just stress it enough. Even though, again, Delta doesn't have a history of negotiating. If there's not pushback, then nothing will ever change. So, Always push back when they're coming through and lowering your fee schedule. It's not wasted time, even though the answer is likely going to be, sorry, take it or leave it. We still want that pushback and that dissatisfaction voiced to the insurance companies.
0: I feel like there's this trend where established dentists, they're either getting to keep that or they may be trying to figure out how to work their way out of PPO participation, or at least, if not all, some. If you've got 12 plans that you're participating in, you probably ought to weed the garden a little bit and let the flowers grow. That's right.
1: That's perfect. But if
0: you've got two or three that are really working for you and you've got a strong patient base with that particular plan participation, then it may be worth keeping and fighting for and trying to get everything you can out of it. But you got to make sure that this is the insurance dude and in me, the fee that you're reporting, make sure that you're reporting your full practice fee, not your PPO fee. If you give a discount, you have to report the discount. If you're reporting PPO fees, they're not getting an idea about what UCR really is. This is information that's going back to them, so you know, showing them where their reimbursement is versus what really it should be. When you're getting money from the insurance company, that's the amount that you're able to keep is up to what you put in as your full practice fee. So absolutely be making sure that you're putting those on your claims.
1: Yes. And one step further, I always recommend if you're part of an ADOM chapter or a study club, make sure that your peers are doing the same thing. Because I can't tell you how common that is because some providers are just scared of that write-off number, even though it doesn't change anything, it whether you bill your UCR <laughs> or, no. or the the PPO fee schedule rate. And all that's doing is allowing them to justify keeping their fee schedules low. Because if they're saying, well, this is the average of UCR that people are submitting, and you have somebody submitting a $700 crown to MetLife because that's what they're getting paid
0: It's pulling everybody down.
1: Pulling everybody down. That's that's that
0: one kid in class that's throwing the curve, right?
1: That's right. Yes. (laughs) So that's why we encourage nice, healthy UCRs and that that is what's billed. Or like you said, if a discount is given, but generally speaking, that always bill that. That's an indirect way that everybody can help them not justify keeping their fee schedules low. Absolutely.
0: We're kind of getting short on time, but I did want to make sure we mentioned the audit that Unitas offers, and that's at ppoaudit.com. And I just want you to tell me a little bit about that and why you think it's important.
1: And this is the perfect time of year to do it because we've got some new ADA codes. A lot of times your fee schedules might be updated. And so if you go to ppoaudit.com, it's totally free. You can download four steps that we recommend that you take on a regular basis to just be checking in on your practice management software, your current fee schedules, your EOBs to make sure you're getting paid the correct amount. And that also helps you identify maybe shifts in how you're in-network. Maybe they're good, maybe they're bad, but it's some great steps. And then as a bonus, we've got a contact sheet for all the insurance companies that you can print out and keep at your desk to easily just give them a phone call or an email to reach out for provider relations.
0: I've got that form pulled up, that one sheet that you gave me, and that's a great just list of phone numbers. I didn't have that. That's going to be very useful to me to be able to contact those providers and ask them questions directly. So that's wonderful. Thank you, Christy, for being with us today. You've got so much knowledge that you can share. I definitely want you back. We'll do this again sometime. But for today, that's kind of how we're going to wrap it up. And I thank you so much for being on.
1: Thanks for having me, Greg. I sure appreciate it.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Practice Booster, an e-assist publishing company. To learn more, visit dentalcodeadvisor.com.